Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nine Leaders Podcast. It is so great to have you guys here with us today. We are going to continue talking about ones and their relationships. I It's like a million degrees in my office, so my window is open, so I apologize if uh, if you hear any rustling or wind noise from outside. That's what's going on there. A um, couple quick housekeeping things before we jump in. We have this really bad website that we've made, but uh, people are offering to make it good, so that's really great. Um, but on that, we have all of our offerings for um, one-on-one coaching, leadership coaching, spiritual directing, all of that. And I would really encourage you guys uh, to go on and take a look at some of those things and just start to explore how those could be beneficial to you. Um, I would assume the listeners to this podcast specifically would find a lot of value in the one-on-one coaching. We're looking at everything from a really general perspective. Um, we're looking kind of at just the primary colors and not at the the different shades of those colors that are available. So your experience is going to look a lot different than the examples that we're giving or the general things that we're talking about. And as I said in an earlier episode, it can be really helpful to just sit with somebody and have them hold up a mirror and show you where maybe some of these things are manifesting in your life in ways that are, are are defeating you and keeping you from getting to your goals. So it can really be worth it to even just sign up for one session, to just sit down, have a conversation, set some goals, and just figure out some ways to move forward towards those goals. Uh, prices are super, super reasonable. Uh, we are a new company, so I'm not, I'm not pushing things um, too, too hard in the price range. So just check that out. Um, it, it's, it's very helpful to me as income is... <laughs> important. So check that website out. That's www.9leaders.com right now. It's bad, but people have offered to help make it good. So that's excellent. Uh, Tuesdays, 630 Discovery Church, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 4304 Austin Bluffs Parkway. If you are in the area every Tuesday for a couple more weeks, we are going through the Enneagram. It's, uh, It's much more conversational. So it's a lot more questions, a lot more uh, back and forth between people. So that makes it a lot more fun. You guys are super welcome to come to that. We'd love to have you. This coming up week, we are going to be talking about type number four. So that's going to be a really fun conversation. There's a couple fours in the room. So it's going to get real, um, real navel gazy real fast. So come on out to that if you're in the area. We are continuing our series on ones, and that's going to end with a Q&A on ones. So I would really love to be able to answer all your questions about that. So send them to me on Instagram, send them to me on Facebook. I'm going to put up a story on Instagram that you guys can respond to and ask your questions there, or shoot me an email, wade at nineleaders.com. I've gotten several. Uh, We've gotten enough to do an episode at this point, but it'd be great to have more so we can uh, just keep answering y'all's questions. I'll also let everybody know probably an hour or so before I do go live so that we could have some some live interaction and some live questions as well, if that's um, beneficial. Also, Anchor has uh, started using a voicemail app. So if you go to the description of this episode, you can find a link, click on that, and it will let you leave me a voicemail with your questions and I can pop those in the episode and it's going to be really cool. And then lastly, still looking for a one who would like to come on the program and be interviewed. So preferably this would be a person who um, is in some sort of leadership, but they definitely need to be somebody who is self-aware of their type and understands uh, kind of how it plays out in their life. So we can we can chat a little bit about what that looks like. All right, that is enough of the housekeeping. And then again, I'm going to say it every single time we do a relationship series, but there is no such thing as a good type or a bad type um, pairing. All type pairings have really, really great positives and some some pitfalls that they need to look at. 
uh, it's important that you become self-aware and that you become admiring of and respectful of whatever partner that you are with. That's the only way the relationship's going to work. It doesn't matter if you're a one and they're a four, or you're a four and they're a seven. There is no such thing as a bad pairing. And I harp on this a lot, and I bring it up because running in Enneagram circles and and talking to people who are interested in the Enneagram, I will often hear people saying um, that, oh, that relationship won't work out because because uh, uh, he's a one and, and he's an eight, or or she's a two and she's a nine, and so that that relationship's never going to work out. Enneagram is not about putting people in boxes. Um, it's about helping define some characteristics and helping us find a path forward, not defining you as a person. So likewise, if you were to say, hey, you're a nine, therefore you are like this and will always be like this, that's putting somebody in a box. The real uh, strength of the system is saying, hey, you're a nine, so here are some paths towards towards health and integration and becoming a really uh, good, effective, strong, functional person. In the same way, if we look at a relationship and say, oh, this is a 9-8, it's never going to work out, you're putting that relationship in a box. Instead, you should say, oh, that's a 9-8 relationship, so here are some places that they should look at to improve, to grow closer together, and to have a more successful relationship. Uh, I think it's dangerous to put people in boxes too much, and any personality profiling system runs the risk of doing that, so I just want to get ahead of that, especially in these relational conversations. So today we are talking about the fear triad, which is fives, sevens, and sixes, and how ones relate to those numbers. Uh, The fear or the head triad, as it's sometimes called, is characterized by a general fear about their security and safety, as, as well as the need to process information through thought, as opposed to processing it through feeling or through their bodies in like a kinesthetic learning kind of way. So a one's stoic and principled approach to life, as well as their steadfast and strong pursuit towards their goals, uh, has this potential to make members of the fear triad feel really safe. However, if immature and unself-aware, ones really run the risk of contributing to the fear in these types by being overbearing and overcritical. So ones and fives, uh, this can be formal and stimulating or impersonal and analytic. Both fives, the investigator, and ones are extremely cerebral. Um, Both of them will forego feelings and emotions, instead opting to apply cold logic and thought to everything. So one might think that uh, pairing these two together uh, would be a very lizard-like dull pair that's just, you know, observing everything. But in reality, these two tend to really invigorate one another. They both approach the world mentally, seeking to understand their surroundings fully. Uh, Ones do this in order to perfect the world around them and discover the right way of doing things. And fives do this to kind of assuage their fears of the unknown by by knowing. They have a fear of what they don't know, so they learn as much as they can to to lessen that fear. So as a result, they find each other really mentally stimulating. Um, They'll have deep discussions about a wide range of subjects, um, stoking curiosity and wonder in each other. Both are also really respectful of the other's boundaries, and they'll uh, approach the relationship with a really respectful formality. Similar to one-four relationships, ones are able to help fives take their ideas out of conceptual and into reality. Fives can really get stuck in their own head, and ones can help them to put legs on their ideas. And as fives begin to see more success giving life to their ideas, thanks to the one's encouragement, they become more self-assured and confident, moving towards their healthy point of eight. 
Fives can help ones learn to question their morals and beliefs about right and wrong. Fives have this ability to see things in, in stark clarity, which allows them to see the flaws in some of the one's black and white logic. So if a one is really healthy and self-aware, this can be really helpful. It allows them to release some of their more rigid beliefs and ideas and loosen up and start moving towards their health point of seven. People on the outside looking into this relationship might find it to be kind of cold and impersonal, uh, relying too much on hard data and objectivity than on the feelings and emotions as neither type are really interested in things like that. So this pairing... uh, brings mental clarity and cerebral nature. That's its strength. Um, But it's also the source of some of its hardest issues. Ones desperately desire an objective truth, you know, an objective right or wrong to live their lives by. And this often pushes them into a sort of fundamentalism where they're no longer applying their mental ability to, uh, to question and build ideas and beliefs, but they're applying their mental ability to defend the beliefs that they're already holding. On the other hand, Uh, Five's curiosity and questioning and refusal to believe in an absolute truth leads them to this kind of fluid and creative form of nihilism. They delight in poking holes in traditional beliefs and pointing out flaws in systems. Five's kind of push against the idea of an absolute truth, believing that truth is kind of just something that we've all agreed upon, but is not something that objectively exists, which can really push against a one. So this kind of approach to life will really push against a one's morality. Five's well-thought-out and organized argument against the fundamentalism of a one can trigger the anger reaction in them, as these are really deeply held fundamental beliefs for ones, and as fives are tearing them down, they can start to get more and more angry. Uh, As the five's arguments start to make more and more sense, they fire up the one's inner critic, reminding them of their own mental failings and all of the ways that their misinterpretations of facts may have caused them to behave wrongly in the past, which pushes them to further disintegrate into four. So this causes depression and self-doubt in the ones. Both types really struggle to to change their personal beliefs, and both types really struggle to respect people that disagree with them. So if they disagree, fives might start to see ones as foolish, clinging to these outdated models of thought, and and ones might see fives as preoccupied with irrelevant information and, and focusing on unimportant small details. With their respect for one another's boundaries, the two will kind of settle into this reptilian coldness towards one another. They'll observe one another, they'll note one another, they'll try to figure one another out, but they won't really be engaging in an actual functional relationship. So let's look at ones and sevens. Um, This can be focused and exciting or disdainful and inflexible. This is another pair who complement each other in how they're opposite from one another. So sevens are the enthusiast or the epicurean, and they bring some excitement and playfulness that counters the one's serious and stoic nature. Ones bring organization and focus to the sevens' flighty and scattered approach to life. Ones will really admire the joy that sevens bring to the table, and sevens will help pull that out of them. And as seven is the health point of the one that they're encouraging, sevens are encouraging ones to live more like they do and drawing them into that healthy space, that, that integration space of one. Sevens are often uh, too distracted by possibilities. Um, they're so distracted by all the different things that they could do, all the different paths that they could take, that they struggle to focus on one goal. And ones help them to settle into a healthy routine and move towards a, a single goal or maybe a, a smaller grouping of goals. 
once focused and moving towards a goal, sevens become really deeply curious and they drink deeply from whatever well they've chosen to pursue as they move towards their own healthy space of five. This pair will be really similar to the one-three relationship in that they will really be effective in achieving their goals thanks to the ones planning and their goal setting, and they'll be well-liked socially thanks to Seven's charm and magnetic personality. However, unlike the one-three, Seven's are going to bring a much less focused social gain to the pairing because three has a goal in mind. Three is is being social with people in order to... um, in order to draw them in, to make them become part of their goal, whereas sevens really just are there to have fun. They're just there to have a good time. They're kind of unfocused. They're not making these relationships with any goal in mind like a three would. So the one seven is a little bit less socially uh, active than the one three. Um, Both sevens and ones are future-oriented. Ones are looking towards perfecting the future, so they're looking towards a future somewhere else when everything is better and everything is perfect. And sevens are relishing in the anticipation of the future. So you pair that that future orientation with the one's sense of justice and the seven's desire for everybody to to not experience negative emotions. And this pair is going to move forward at, at a rapid pace, often to the great benefit of the people that they're serving. But as we have seen, um, these opposites can often be the pair's downfall. Ones can see sevens as irresponsible and flighty, and they might try to lock them down and sort of tame the free spirit of the sevens. They'll start forcing rigorous routines and shutting down any fun or frivolous activity. Um, And and by doing that, the one's going to achieve their goal of pushing the seven into one behavior, so making the seven look more like them. Unfortunately, one is the, uh, the stress and disintegration point for sevens. So as they're placed into more and more rigorous routines, they feel more and more trapped and they start to obsessively control the very few things that they're able to control as they move towards that unhealth of one. Immature sevens, seeing that the ones are too stuffy and boring, may believe that the best tactic is to, to shock them out of their boredom, to shock them out of their fundamentalism. So sevens might start being playfully critical of the ones and then starting to take that a little bit too far, becoming much more realistically critical of the ones and kind of mean to them in, in what they perceive to be a playful way, but it's actually quite cruel and, and unpleasant. They'll bring up the ones' failings and their imperfections, uh, which pushes the ones deeper into their own disintegration uh, position of four as they begin to listen more and more to that inner critic and as that inner critic is more and more armed with ammunition from the seven uh, this causes the one to tighten up so as the one starts believing these these larger flaws about themselves they tighten up and become even more disciplined they become even more rigid they become even more desperate to root out their imperfection which is going to continue to push the seven to become even more disdainful for them Uh, sevens will continue to try this tactic of pushing on the one and trying to provoke the one becoming even more vulgar and even more cruel which continues to build the one's case against the seven that they are immoral bad people so as the one continues to tighten their noose of propriety and behavior modification the seven may just opt to take one of their numerous escape routes and bail on the relationship altogether Ones and sixes. So this can be dutiful and warm or defensive and anxious. Uh, Both types are really similar in their seriousness and the importance that they place on duty and honor. Uh, Ones do this, obviously, because of their sense of right and wrong. And sixes, who are known as the loyalists, um, do this because of their loyalty to systems and people that they believe offer them safety and security. 
Ones bring a bit more mental clarity and goal setting to the relationship, which can help to silence the fears that often plague the six. Sixes tend to make decisions based on fear of, of possible negative outcomes, so they're a little bit less realistic. They're so focused on what's the worst thing that could happen and how do we make a decision based on that. Whereas ones are a lot more objective and realistic in the way that they're making decisions. This thoughtfulness, as well as one's integrity and taking responsibility for any choice that they make, brings security and safety to the six. So this can allow sixes to rest and become a lot less hypervigilant and a lot more laid back as they move towards their own health space at nine. Sixes bring a, a bit more of a playfulness and a bit more of a warmth to the relationship, uh, which is going to be a little bit more palatable than maybe the playfulness and the warmth that a seven brings. Sevens are so frenetic that that can kind of start to stress out a one. Sixes are, are playful and warm and they like to have fun, but it's a little bit more subdued, which might be a little bit easier for a one to stomach. But this will also help the one to move more towards that seven space in health, being drawn out of their seriousness and into a little bit more playfulness. Uh, and sixes also bring a real great relational warmth to the pairing. They're able to go deep with people. Their admiration for the one as their ability to have deep connection with others will help to make this pair even more stable in social settings. Both are super concerned with what's fair and what's right, and they'll carry the responsibility and burdens equally. They're never going to stick the other with more than what their share of the work is. So in stress, <clears throat> ones will start to become way more critical of the six. As their inner critic convinces them of their own imperfections, they project those imperfections onto people around them. They'll start to feel superior, believing that their contributions to the relationship are worth far more than the six's contributions to the relationship. They're going to start trying to fix the other person, correcting their behavior and performance. So this fixing is going to start to fire up the six's insecurity and their hypervigilance as they start to feel more and more insecure at, at being fixed. Scales will start to tip unfavorably for the six, and they're going to work really, really hard to maintain the relationship. As they start hearing all these criticisms, they're going to kick their own performance into overdrive as they move towards that unhealthy three space. Eventually, the six's sense of fairness and propriety is going to win over and will cause an angry outburst towards the one. And then one's constant planning and moving can kind of elicit insecurity in, an in, in a, a less mature and immature six. If the one's making moves and, and, and moving forward without fully informing the six, the six is going to begin to start developing conspiracies and seeing them everywhere and telling these, these untrue stories about what's going on. Uh, this will cause the six to become really belligerent. They might refuse to comply with the one's plans until the one discloses this non-existent conspiracy. So this will cause frustration in the one who, in their charge forward, might eventually opt to just abandon the six, seeing them as far too stubborn. So there you go. That is ones and the fear triad, which uh, puts an end to our, uh, our series on relationships for type one. So tomorrow we will jump into paths for health for the one, and then we'll jump into the Q and a, and then hopefully we'll get somebody who uh, wants to be interviewed. So again, if you're a one, you're very self-aware, you, you, you know, Enneagram language, you, you know how to kind of talk about your experience through that lens, I'd love to have you on. So shoot me an email, Instagram, Facebook, uh, emails await at nineleaders.com. I'd love to talk to you. So thank you guys all so much for listening and tuning in, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.